Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to be Curious. And this year, as you know, we are trekking with the yamas and niyamas, the yoga's ethical principles for ethical practice from yoga. And in the month of May, we have been discussing brahmacharya. Brahmacharya If you Google it and you go searching for articles on brahmacharya, they will almost all begin the same way to say, this is probably the most complex of the yamas to understand. And so I am not alone, which is validating to say that it is the one that has felt, um, I don't know if it's most elusive, but truly most complex and really engaging with. The yamas that we have explored up until now you know, the concepts felt clear to me, the practices felt clear to me, the interpretations of brahmacharya, and also thinking about how to integrate brahmacharya into daily life has, you know, been an exercise in engaging with the complex and, you know, having to really explore and make sense of things um, without it coming so easily. So we're doing that this month. And so thank you for being with me. In the last couple of episodes in talking about brahmacharya, we talked about it as this concept of walking with God and what does it mean to have our energy directed in a divine way, in a spiritual way, in an intentional way, in kind of a clear way. And so for today, I wanted to take a slightly different spin and then hopefully see how I relate it back to Memorial Day, which is when this is you know, airing when you're potentially listening to it, but when it is certainly designed to come out and how it might relate to, you know, how we are thinking about the work of our veterans and the work that they have done for us as well. So Brahmacharya, in today's exploration, we're going to think of Brahmacharya as energy moderation. Um, This sense that, or as one of the writers talked about, it's like a personal energy conservation um, guide. It's funny when we think about sometimes how much energy we expend to do something. And sometimes we can take the same task and we can put a lot of energy and a lot of thought and a lot of preparation and come to it with gusto And then someone could come along and take the same task and just kind of simply do it. Something that makes me, that I comes to memory is I used to think about when my children were little and they had to set the table for dinner. We, for for a long period of time, spent a large chunk of time with the kids trying to avoid having to set the table or arguing with why they didn't want to set the table or, you know, things that they should do that they had to do in place of setting the table or delaying setting the table. So the amount of energy that was expended in all of these kinds of activities relative to the energy that it actually took to set the table for four people was so out of balance. And from a state, a Um, standpoint of brahmacharya, it was definitely not personal energy conservation, not on my kids' part, and certainly not for us as parents, like an exorbitant amount of energy. And their dad would get so frustrated, like, why do we have to have this drama every night? And I can understand from this vantage point that a big piece of his frustration was 
the loss of energy, like the, the, the personal conservation of energy was just out the window and we were all expending way too much energy for the accomplishment of a small task. Of course, from a parenting standpoint, we recognize that sometimes we make those investments of large amounts of energy because they have a payoff later where kids just come in and they know it's their job to set the table and they've gotten over the hurdle of all of the arguing and all of those kinds of things. But it does lead us into perhaps considering where in our lives do we expend more energy than we actually need to for the thing at hand. Where do we make something more complicated? Where do we bring a high level of stress to something? Where do we fret or concern ourselves with all the things that might go wrong about it or might happen wrong about it rather than actually doing the thing? I was reading an article about brahmacharya from the Yoga Journal um, from May 23rd, actually 2017, and the contributor for this article was somebody in the name of Hilary Dowdle, and she is a yoga teacher. And she had this exercise that she would do in her yoga classes, and she would put students into a pose. Let's just say it was like a warrior one or a warrior two, but it could have been any pose. And then she would ask them to consider what they would have to do or what they would have to stop doing to be able to hold that pose for an hour. And the beauty of that question is that in a yoga class, if you've ever taken a yoga class, you can go into a challenging pose and you can hold it for three seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds, perhaps even up to 20 seconds. And even if it feels uncomfortable or even if it feels like it's highly demanding of energy, you know that you can sustain it because within that fi you know, finite and relatively short period of time, the teacher is going to have you switch into another pose. But the question of what would you have to do or stop doing in order to hold it for an hour shifts the brain into another mode. And it shifts it into this mode of, oh, I can't like, as I like to say proverbially, hold my breath through this. I actually need to think about how to engage with this experience in a way that is sustaining and sustainable. And it switches the mind into a whole different frame way of thinking. And what she writes that she notices is that very immediately people start to relax their jaw or relax their face. They might start to relax their shoulders. I know whenever I've been in classes where we've held poses for a period of time, the things that I would be doing or stop doing were things similar to those, I would look for where am I holding tension? Am I holding tension in my jaw? Am I holding tension in a limb that I don't need it? So if my feet have to be strong, do my fingers have to be that strong? Do my shoulders have to be that tense? Does my jaw have to be that tense? I also have learned over time that if I'm in a pose that maybe doesn't feel as physically comfortable, the more I attend to the physical discomfort, the more uncomfortable it's going to get. I also know that when I focus on my breath and my breathing, and I've worked on honing a cycle to yogic breathing, 
is that my attention is distracted away from whatever is feeling uncomfortable and is suddenly on my breath and so I'm less affected by whatever physical strain there appears to be or discomfort. I was also at a yoga retreat in Spain one year in Alicante and this yoga teacher, he's the only person I've ever had who did this, but he would emphasize when you were in a pose to smile. You know, and to just think because very often, right, our face gets tense when we're holding something, we actually bring the expression of strain to our entire being while we're holding it. And by prompting us to focus on smiling as we were doing it, it just softened everything. You could feel it. You could feel it, the softening throughout the body. You could feel the softening and lightening through the mind. And you could just feel the whole energy shift around it. So if I am in something that I know requires sustaining for a long time, I have this sense that if we can just smile a little bit um, through it, it actually can be so sustaining and, um, and even contribute to a whole different experience. So we take, if we're, if we're practicers, practitioners of yoga, not everybody who listens is, but you know, I will use my own experience here. If we're practitioners of yoga, we know that what we're doing on the mat are really only lessons for life. That part of what our practice is, is not just to move our body, but it's to inform our understanding of how to practice through life, right? How to navigate this journey of life. And so we can think about these difficult times that we're in. And I go through them too. I go through periods that everything is flowing and fantastic and smooth riding. And it's so easy to smile through those. It's so easy to be high energy through those. And then I go through periods that are not. And there's a few things that I know are true that really help with this personal moderation of energy. And I do know that the smiling they talk about is one of them, is finding things to smile about. If I stop and I look at the blossom of the flower and I smile, I will notice a shift in my energy. If I lift up my eyes from kind of my focused attention on whatever thing I'm perseverating on, and I lift up my head and look at a small child, you know, it's springtime, so small child eating ice cream, wow, we can get loads of energy from that. And so restoration of energy from that experience. The writing of gratitude, the simply sitting and writing, here's what I am grateful for. So what are the things that we would have to do? Or what were the things we would have to stop doing in order to be able to hold our position, quote unquote, for an hour or for the week or for the month or this period until the thing passes. And so it's really the query I want to pose to us. And what do we stop doing? I, you know, we can notice that our mind is very good at perseverating on things. And if we're not paying attention, we can keep feeding it more things that fuel the perseveration you know, news articles or talking about it with people or reading things related to it or keep returning back to the source of the perseveration and we can go back and go back and go back. Well, maybe that's something we could stop doing. Adding those activities like what are we grateful for, looking for the things to smile about, even just playing like right now, wherever you are listening in your car, sitting at your desk, 
just play with the idea of smiling versus not smiling for about 30 seconds and notice what difference it makes. There is no key to happiness in the sense that everyone's people are walking around, nobody is walking around happy all of the time, right? We can find states of inner contentment, but we can take actions that allow for the personal conservation of energy by stopping the drain through negative energy and continuing to fuel the resources of energy with these positive actions. And so perhaps in this month of our exploration of brahmacharya and thinking about personal energy conservation or energy moderation, we think about the reducing the drain, reducing the strain and allowing ourselves to continually return to this state of moderation, this state of satiation or of having enough energy and things like that for what we're doing. So I said at the beginning that it was it felt important to me to relate this um, into Memorial Day. I didn't always have a strong relationship with Memorial Day, but I had, I guess, my first client who was a veteran, oh, probably almost eight years ago, seven, eight years ago now, and getting to know him and who he was and who how he was shaped as a result of his service and then a number of clients since then who've been veterans is that in many ways their being a veteran has an experience of extremes in it. Um, it also has an experience of teaching those who are serving how to moderate their energy, right? Not to be impulsive. Impulsivity in service is not a good thing, right? And, and jumping and leaping or reacting to something is not a good thing. Overly stressing about something. Well, if you're going to serve, even if you're not in a combat service, you are going to need to be on alert, but you can't over alert to the sense where you're so stressed, stressed out that you can't sustain it. And some of my listeners know, or I've mentioned it, you've been reading some of the things I've been writing that my daughter, um, one of my daughters is currently enlisted um, in the Israeli military right now. And she's been going through a period where they're out and it's very hot. And there's been a lot of concern about heat stroke or girls passing out and things like that because of the heat. And one of her jobs is actually to deliver some talks to her um, group about this and support them. And you know, I know that in the way that she talks about it, and she is a real conserver of energy, so she will put out lots of energy for something, but she will be very conscious about this thing is not worth my output of energy. Or if it's really hot, not only do I need to take in a lot of water, but I also need to conserve my energy in these particular kinds of ways. And so just to kind of bring in our military folk here on Memorial Day of respecting and honoring the ways that their service not only contributed to the higher goals that they were serving for, um, but perhaps also what um, you know many of them learned in the sense of how to moderate and be truly intentional about their energy, recognizing that the only way to sustain a long-term service would be to learn how to moderate impulses and to um, conserve energy for those things that really warranted and needed that output. So from the yoga mat to the military to our lives, 
this is the offering. This is the offering this weekend is, and this week is around considering energy moderation, personal energy conservation. So consider the things that are top on your list right now. What are you putting in your energy to? Are you putting your right energy, your God energy toward it? And where are you putting too much energy or energy that's draining and sapping you toward that very thing? What could you do or stop doing that would allow you to reach a more sustainable and sustaining state? That is my offering around brahmacharya. When we come back in the month of June, we will be on to exploring the first of the niyamas. So thank you for listening. And if you are enjoying this exploration and feel that it would be of great benefit to others that you know in your circle or your network, please pass it along. You've been doing great as a listenership of expanding the listenership. Um, and the goal really is to spread the teachings and spread the words because it's good for us and, it, and it's good for humanity. So um, join us in that, inviting others to get curious around these topics with you. And so we will be back again. Actually, the podcast is in two weeks because the beginning of June, we will have our newsletter. If you are not currently signed up for our newsletter and you'd like to be on our mailing list, you can go to couragetobecurious.com and to the bottom third, and you can sign up for our newsletter there or go to our podcast page and you can sign up to be on our mailing list there. So look forward to being back in connection with you soon. If you are listening to this on the holiday weekend, enjoy and be safe and take a moment of pause where you are remembering the veterans who served and um, those who we are remembering because they did not come back to rejoin us, um, but they died in service and those who served who you know, have given of their own sacrifice. And we'll be back with more Wondering Your Way to Brilliance soon.